nearly an hour before he was killed in a confrontation with RCMP officers, the suspect in the series of shooting in Nova Scotia that had left at least 22 people dead appeared to stop his mock RCMP vehicle in a parking lot, calmly got out, and changed his clothes. That what appears to be shown, that's what appears to be shown in new surveillance video that has been obtained by Global News. It was originally posted to Facebook on Wednesday, and the person who posted the video said it was taken from a surveillance camera outside their father's business in Millbrook, First Nation, that is just eight kilometers north of Brookfield. One of the questions that will be asked again today is, was or rather, were the guns that were used licensed? And the RCMP saying yesterday those guns were likely unlicensed. They're trying to figure out where it is he got the guns, but it does not appear that the assailant in all of this had a license for firearms. All right, let's get us to Nova Scotia, and my guest is Cecil Dixon, who is a counselor in Enfield and a volunteer firefighter. Welcome to the program. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, Enfield is about 45 minutes away from Porto Peak. Is it, it, do I understand that? Tell me what happened, what what you experienced over the last couple of days. Uh, Enfield, you're correct, is about 45 minutes away from where this all started on Saturday night. Uh, it ended here in Enfield at the Irving Big Stop where the uh, RCMP uh, tactical team uh, took the, uh, the shooter out uh, right here in the area. Uh, it's the last 22 uh, citizens here, uh, deceased, some who I knew and some, uh, who, you know, some who were close to a lot of the people here. They left our community uh, grieving, very tense, and wanting to know why this all happened. Do you feel you have been well served so far in terms of the information that you have gotten from authorities? Yes, I do. I mean, there's only so much they can tell. There's 16 places that they have to investigate. Uh, they brought in the armed forces to help with this invest- investigation, to get information. Uh, there's so much to get. They're telling us what they can and uh, as, as soon as they can. What do uh, there are so many questions about the alert system and, and why it was that police you know used Twitter and didn't put out a, a public alert? And how, give me a sense how top of mind is that for residents of your community? I'm not sure why they didn't put it out earlier. And a problem they had, my understanding, and all the, everything we have here is hand is is by uh, word of mouth. Uh, <clears throat> This happened all evening. They notified the local people, had a fire hall for them to go to be safe at, or supposed to be safe at. Um, and then about 8, 8.30 in the morning, they relocated the, the shooter and were, had to reset the whole plan. So uh, it, maybe it should have gone out. But I really think uh, the RCMP were in a real predicament here. The guy had a marked, what looked like a marked police car, whether you had communication, what was going on, you looked like a police member. It, it really puts a lot of stress in them. So I don't know, I don't really say they made a mistake there. Tell me about uh, some of the people that you knew are, that were impacted by this. Uh, the, the member that's deceased now, Heidi Stevenson, uh, she was a member here in the local area, being a counselor and being in the, involved with the fire department. We had our dealings, you know, dealings with her and very... She's a wife, a husband, a mother, 
uh, well-respected. Her obituary is in the uh, Halifax Herald here today. Uh, it's sad to read. Uh, the member who I probably knew better was the member that was injured, uh, Constable Chad Morrison. Uh, he was shot through the two arms, so you know his life was very close to be taken. Uh, Chad was well respected here in the community as a as an officer, and um, also a father of two, a husband, uh, well respected. And one of the other victims that was killed was the retired Armed Forces member uh, Tom Bagley, who was also was a firefighter at the Halifax Airport and the person I played hockey with between twenty for twenty to twenty five years. I mean, very close to home. Uh, we had a drive. We had a vigil for Constable Morrison the other day when he was driving home from the hospital, and there had there's probably a thousand people there watching them to go through and uh, supporting them. And if you know, for for our listeners, anybody who's ever been out to your part of the country, the one thing that is always just so uh, remarkable is how friendly, how welcoming how supportive uh, everyone is. And I, I'm just wondering, you know, under the current pandemic rules, how it is that Nova Scotians are, are expressing all of those things where they try and come together and support each other. Well, they've had two drive-by uh, services that, to go from the like communities or by the local RCMP detachment. Uh, the food at the detachment is out of this world. There's a chef preparing meals for the members people donating food. I happened to be into the into the uh, detachment on Monday evening, and they have enough food to feed a lot of people, and there are going to be a lot of days that they're going to need food. So things are going very well. People are putting up uh, banners, putting up wreaths, putting up uh, blue ribbon, the Nova Scotia tartans hanging around. People are very, very supportive of our local RCMP. And this support is coming all across Canada and the states. We're getting support. Uh, are people in the community? Do they do they sense that the the nation is mourning along with them? Definitely. Uh, being in the fire service, I've been associated with other fire departments. I'm getting calls from firefighters that I know in the states, firefighters from Ontario, Alberta. Uh, we're getting support from right across North America. I'm really impressed with the people. I'm speaking with Cecil Dixon, who is a counselor in Enfield, and I'll, I'll just uh, sum up with this. What is the, the number one question that you want to have answered, Cecil? We would like to know why this guy did it. I mean, uh, we have ideas, but to take 22 lives. I go back to firefighter Tom Bagley. Tom lived across the street, or his cottage was across the street. The place caught on fire. He went over to help and was killed. These are the things we want to know. Why did this guy do this? Someday we may have an answer. Cecil Dixon, counselor of Enfield and a volunteer firefighter, thank you so much for being on the program. You're more than welcome, and thank you for supporting us. Obviously, that is going to develop over the week and just an unimaginable grief going on in Nova Scotia right now. At the beginning of the program, I wasn't able to get to this, and I want to just quickly revisit it because the Premier will be up and speaking in a short while as he does his daily address to the province. And I want to play for you something that uh, he said yesterday, and I want to have you just sort of read between the lines here. And does this suggest to you that there is a growing rift at the central command table between the premier and the medical officer of health? And in the way of background, you know, of course, that the premier was quite upset about a week and a half, two weeks ago, when he demanded that the 
uh, testing numbers get up immediately and that we expand our testing in this province immediately. And he said, no more excuses. It's unacceptable. And when pressed on, you know, who it was he was actually mad at or where does the buck stop, you know, the, the premier was sort of said, well, you know, that we don't have time for that or it's not about blame. It's just, you know, it's about the system. And then when pressed on whether or not Ontario had moved fast enough in, with protective measures for long-term care homes, we now know that 72% of those who have died in long-term care homes, or 72% of those who have died in Ontario died in long-term care homes or contracted COVID-19 there. Uh, and obviously that is where the tragedy is right now. And did Ontario do enough? Did it do f- enough fast enough? And the Premier, when pressed on that yesterday, you know, seemed to be saying, well, you know, I don't have the authority to do that. I want you to listen here. This is Premier Doug Ford speaking yesterday about the difference between his role and the role of public health. Well, the public health uh, officer, you know, that's a separate uh, separate area. Uh, again, that's totally separate from the jurisdiction under the Premier. He has uh, powers that uh, I don't have. And, you know, he's been doing a good job. He's been working very very hard i have confidence in dr williams in our in our command table and uh yeah well again uh i i, I was frustrated uh but I'm, I'm not the health expert i'm relying on on them i have confidence that they're going to do a good job and they've they've been doing a good job everyone's it's all that is Doug Ford speaking yesterday at his daily press conference talking about the frustration that he has and that, you know, he was banging the table at the central command table to get more testing done. And then when pressed on why is it that Ontario has not moved faster with protective measures for long-term care homes, we circle back to this sort of, you know, inherent friction in the system. And I'm not looking to lay blame here at all. I want to make that absolutely clear. And it's clear that the Premier's not trying to lay blame either. But I think going forward, even now, I think we need to have a discussion about where is the true leadership? Because we have medical officers and public health officials, you know, obviously they have the data and the knowledge, and they advise the Premier and they have directives, but yet the policy is made by the government and implemented and carried out by the ministries. And it seems that in this particular pandemic, in this crisis, this lack of clarity about who actually is in charge of various things, that seems to be a fissure, a crack in the leadership, and it seems to be widening. 